Hello and welcome back to another episode of the It's a Crime O'Clock Somewhere podcast. This is episode 32. Today I'll be talking about the murder of Jessica O'Grady. My sources for today's episode are The Forensic Files, Season 13, Episode 15, titled Sorted Scheme, The Cinemaholic, Omaha.com, DVIDSHub.net, 3NewsNow.com, and The Charlie Project. As usual, all of my sources will be linked in the show notes. Jessica O'Grady was a 19-year-old student at the University of Nebraska. She worked as a waitress at a steakhouse for extra money and wanted to get a degree in childcare. Her best friend, Holly Stum, said that Jessica worked at a daycare previously and knew she wanted to work with kids. On May 10, 2006, Jessica was hanging out with her two roommates. They were eating pizza, watching movies, and she received a text from a man named Chris. She told her roommates she was going to go over there, and they were shocked. She left her apartment around 11.30 p.m. and called Chris at 11.48. She was never seen or heard from again. Jessica's friends and family tried to get a hold of her over the next two days, and when she didn't answer or show up to work, they contacted the police. Jessica's car, a Hyundai Accent, was also located across the street from the steakhouse where she worked. Jessica's aunt, Shauna Stanzel, said that Jessica was not known to have a clean car, but when the car was searched, there was no trash inside. Other than the cleanliness of the car, nothing seemed out of place. The police received information that Jessica was possibly with with her boyfriend, Chris Edwards, on the night she disappeared. There was also another man named Chris in Jessica's life named Chris Ryan, that Jessica previously had a briefling with. He had to register as a sex offender and serve two years in jail for statutory rape. However, everything led to Chris Edwards. They went to speak to him, and they asked him where he was on May 10th. He said he was with some friends at the movies, and he had movie tickets to prove it. During the investigation, the police discovered that Jessica found out she was pregnant, and that Chris was the father. Chris was also going to be the father of a second child, He had been dating a woman named Michelle, who he saw as more of his serious girlfriend than Jessica was. According to Jessica's friends and family, Jessica was excited to be a mom. She went out to buy prenatal vitamins, and she made it clear to Chris that she was going to keep the baby. The police decided to speak to Chris again. They were very suspicious of him this time around because he talked about Jessica in the past and present tense. Chris lived in the basement of his aunt's house in Omaha. He had a separate entrance to the house so he could come and go whenever. The police asked Chris if they could search his room and he said yes. However, they did ask Chris if there was anything he didn't want them to search. He said he didn't want them looking at his bed. They were suspicious, but they asked Chris about his whereabouts again from the night Jessica disappeared. He said he had been at the movies. It was very apparent that something happened in Chris's room. There was some drywall that was a different shade of white. There were stains under the paint and blood cast off on the ceiling. The police mentioned this to Chris, and he said he had cut his finger. In Chris's bedroom, they flipped a mattress, which was covered in blood. Chris had an excuse for that, too. He said it was menstrual blood. Now, this mattress was covered in blood. No way a woman could have bled that much while being on her period. I'm sorry that was a little gross, but come on, it's part of a woman's life. It turns out that Chris tried to cover up the entire scene and did a bad job of it. The investigators even said they were surprised by how dumb Chris was. On May 11th, Chris was seen on surveillance at Walgreens buying poster paint, shoe whitener, and correction film, or whiteout. The receipt for these items was also found in the garbage. 
The items that he bought matched the botched cover-up in his bedroom. The police also searched Chris's garage and his car. In Chris's car, they found transfer blood, hedge clippers, and a shovel. On the shovel was some grass. The grass was tested, and it was believed to have been grass from a golf course. Chris's mattress and a 4x4 of the ceiling were removed and taken in for further testing. There was also over 100 investigators and search dogs out looking for Jessica's body. The police said that, after seeing the blood on Chris's mattress, there was no way a person could have survived. Since the police didn't have Jessica's body, they had to collect some of Jessica's items to compare to the DNA. They collected her toothbrush, her hairbrush, and a razor to test against the DNA. It was a match. The blood patterns were further examined, and the investigators believed a large knife had been used to kill Jessica. The police went back to Chris's house and found two Bangkok swords, usually used in martial arts. The swords were not there during their initial search, and it's believed that Chris had tried to clean them and return them, hoping the police wouldn't find them. On one of the swords, Jessica's DNA was found on the blade, and Chris's was found on the handle. Chris Edwards was charged with murder. They offered Chris a shorter sentence if he provided the whereabouts of Jessica, but he declined. The prosecution said that Chris had killed Jessica when he had accidentally gotten her pregnant. He had apparently talked to his friends about this. The prosecution believed that Jessica went to over to Chris's that night and that they got into a fight. At 12.29 a.m., Jessica texted her friend, quote, no shenanigans for Jessica, which meant no sex. Chris and Jessica then fell asleep or were in bed. Chris attacked Jessica with the sword and hit her seven times, which matched the cast-off patterns on the ceiling. He put her in his trunk, dumped her, and then dumped her car. He then tried to clean up the blood and murder weapon. Chris Edwards was found guilty of second-degree murder and the use of a deadly weapon to commit a felony. He was sentenced to 100 years to life. Chris tried to appeal his conviction in 2015, but it was denied. Jessica's body has never been located. Uh, every day passes, and some days it seems like it's been, you know, nine years, and some days it seems as fresh as just yesterday. Jessica O'Grady's aunt, Shauna Stanzel, wishes she had a chance to say goodbye to her niece or no, she's been peacefully laid to rest. Almost a decade after she went missing, a judge denies her killer, Christopher Edwards, a new trial. I hope one day Chris will reveal where Jessica's body is. Jessica, her family, and friends deserve answers. Chris is showing that he didn't care about Jessica or their unborn child. He took matters into his own hands and deserves to rot in prison forever. My book recommendation for this week is Reputation by Sarah Shepard. Summary. Aldrich University is rocked to its core when a hacker dumps 40,000 people's emails, the entire faculty, staff, students, alums, onto an easily searchable database. Rumors and affairs immediately leak, but things turn explosive when Kit Manning's husband, Dr. Greg Strasser, is found murdered. Kit's sister, Willa, returns for the funeral, setting foot in a hometown she fled 15 years ago after a night she wishes she could forget. As an investigative reporter, Willa knows something isn't right about the night Greg was killed, and she's determined to find the truth. What she doesn't expect is that everyone has something to hide, and with the killer on the loose, Willa and Kit must figure out who killed Greg before someone else is murdered. Sarah Shepard is an amazing author, and I've read pretty much every one of her books. This story is told from multiple points of view, as most of her books are. It's a very compelling mystery, and many secrets are revealed. Honestly, many things happen in this book that I didn't see coming, and it's hard to find a book where you can't predict what's going to happen. So it was refreshing to be surprised through the very end. 
I give this book a 9 out of 10. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. It was a little bit shorter, but everything that I got through for my research was from the Forensic Files episode. I have enjoyed watching Forensic Files again, and I had never heard about this case until I watched the episode. Please subscribe to my blog, follow me on Instagram, rate, review, etc. I'll be back next week with an all-new case and book recommendation, and remember, it's crime o'clock somewhere.